Podcast Answer Man, episode number 403. Entertaining, educational, and encouraging content that makes a difference. This is GSPN.TV. Join the community. Hey, this is Chris Brogan from ChrisBrogan.com, and you're listening to the Podcast Answer Man. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Podcast Answer Man. My name is Cliff Ravenscraft, and this, my friends, is the podcast devoted to helping you take your message, your business, and your life to the next level. That's right, my friends. It does not matter if you're brand new to this online content creating world we live in, or if you've been creating content for many years, there's something we can all do to take everything we do in life to the next level. And well, my friends, here in this 403rd episode of Podcast Answer Man, I am excited about the content that I'm going to be sharing with you today, and I'm just going to jump right into the first topic and say, hey, guys, are you a little bit bummed that Serial came to an end? Now, I've shared my thoughts on the hype that surrounds this Serial podcast. For those of you who may live under a rock and you have no idea what I'm talking about, NPR's Sarah Koenig had had created this phenomenon known as Serial, a podcast that is told in a series of, it's, it's, it's one story told as a series of episodes over a period of time, each episode bringing you a narrative, a, a, a portion of the story told in a narrative style, kind of like NPR's content like Fresh Air and, uh, and well, This American Life and, and all this stuff. It's, it's highly produced content, uh, audio clips brought in at specific strategic places to kind of help the story along, uh, a, a, an entire script of word for word what's going to be spoken where to kind of weave this story together. One episode of a particular show like that um, specifically Serial and other podcasts like it, like, um, oh gosh, I can't even think of his name right now, but uh, the startup podcast with the, gosh, Gimlet Media guys. Anyway, the, you know, one episode of a show produced like that oftentimes can take and require an entire the effort of an entire team of people. And each episode literally, you know, 10 15, 20, maybe even up to 30 or 40 hours to put together one episode. And everybody was so awestruck by Serial, so much so that it hit the mainstream and hit the mainstream hard. People who had maybe heard of podcasts, uh, podcasting but never tried it out, all of a sudden started trying it. People who had never heard of a podcast before, all of a sudden started to try it out and fell in love with it. And, And it was this massive mainstream phenomenon the most successful podcast as far as the overall downloads, overall audience, and uh, it's pretty exciting stuff. But so many people were caught up and believed that it was the narrative style and it was this approach of of literally spending countless hours and making sure you have this entire production team to put it together. And my thought was that, yes, those things certainly helped to the popularity but I had said in a previous episode of Podcast Answer Man that if it was the same story and it was told without all the the production quality that Serial brought to the table, personally, I would have still been interested in it. And also, I had stated that 
I'm not sure I'm going to subscribe to season two. In fact, I've already unsubscribed from Serial. And if I hear uh, that Serial has launched and everybody's, you know, going all goo goo gaga over it, then I will check out the first episode or two episodes of season two and see if that story grabs me. But I can already tell you, knowing that Serial was not going to continue the same story of Adnan Saeed, then all of a sudden... I had lost interest because my interest wasn't in wonderfully produced content. It was in the story that was being told in that particular show from episode to episode. Um, Same thing with the startup podcast. I had mentioned that I've actually unsubscribed from the startup podcast because season one was all about, um, gosh, what is his name? It's escaping me right now. Uh, I, I should know that. But anyway, it was is about how he left NPR. He's going to create this podcasting company. Obviously, that's a story that's compelling and interesting to me. And yes, it was told with that same production value and, and narrative storyline and, and, and all this stuff that went into it. But it wasn't the way the story is being told that I found so compelling. It was this compelling story of a guy who's being so transparent, so authentic about the realities of what it's really like good and more importantly the bad included you know in the story in in what's being shared and that for me is what drew me in and of course season two is going to be different he's bringing in a co-host and they're supposedly going to tell somebody else's story and and i don't just don't find that format as compelling so i had mentioned to you that i would probably subscribe to a podcast that told that continued this story, even if it didn't, wasn't in the same narrative or highly produced form that uh, Serial was. Well, I'm telling you that I found a podcast that I am in love with, and it is called the Undisclosed Podcast. You can find this at undisclosed-podcast.com. That's again, undisclosed-podcast.com, and or you can of course just go in to the um, you can go into iTunes or your favorite podcast directory and search for Undisclosed Podcast. You know, the the tagline is The State versus Adnan Syed. So, yeah, this podcast, let me tell you a little bit about it. Actually, before I do, let me. what kind of notes do I have here? Uh, oh, first thing I want to tell you is episode number one, audio quality is, I would not use the word horrible or horrendous, but slightly above that. Um, So on a scale of one to 10, with 10 being the best audio quality that you can have in a podcast, I would rate it somewhere around a 4.5 on the audio quality scale. I'll tell you what, you're gonna hear it yourself anyway, so what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna play a two and a half minute audio clip where the, the main host of the show, and there are three people on the show, but where the main host of the show explains who she is and why she created this podcast. So let me go ahead and play that for you now. Now, before I tell you what the podcast is about, it's best that I start by telling you what it is not about. This podcast is not Serial Part 2. We have no affiliation to Serial or to the amazing team of This American Life. We're completely independent. We're a team of volunteers. And we're only connected to that podcast because we're examining the same case. But having said that, if you actually haven't heard Serial, you have to go back and listen to that before you start listening to our podcast, because we're going to be referencing both people and events like the Nisha call and the Lincoln Park pings that you already should have some background on. Otherwise, none of this is going to make sense. Now, to tell you what Undisclosed is about, 
We are not journalists or podcasters. We're three lawyers who are interested in the minute details of the case of the state versus Adnan Sayed. We like getting into the weeds, and we plan on taking you with us. This is not going to be a beautifully crafted narrative like Serial, but it will be a run down many rabbit holes in the case. We aim to bring some new analysis to the things you already heard, share some things you probably never have heard, and answer some of the most frequent questions that I get asked as I talk about the case and about Serial across the country. I'll start by telling you a bit about myself. I am an attorney with a background in immigration and civil rights law, but for the past few years, I've been working in the national security sector. I am currently a national security fellow for the New America Foundation, and I do some independent consulting in national security. I also happen to be someone who is connected to the case on a very deep and personal level. I've known Adnan since he was 13, and he is my younger brother's best friend. Our parents have lived in the same neighborhood for a very long time, almost 20 years. And my family and I have been there through Adnan's arrest, through his conviction, uh, through the appeals over all the years. And after 15 years of frustration with the appellate process, I decided that it was time to get a journalist to look at this case. And that's why I reached out to Sarah Koenig. So that means that I'm not necessarily an unbiased observer in this podcast. I do believe Adon is innocent. But I'm open to objective analysis by others. And I'm glad to have Susan and Colin here because they're going to be providing that. Uh, just for the record, I never met or knew Susan or Colin before Serial began and before they began writing about the case. But boy, am I glad I got to know them. So I'm going to turn it over to Susan and Colin for them to introduce themselves. All right. So if you want to hear more, obviously, from a perspective of somebody who is so closely related to the case, this is the person who is behind actually contacted contacting Sarah to create the the, the investigation and the and the journalistic story of of serial. So um, this and by the way, this is very much a continuation. Right where serial drops off, this podcast picks up the story and moves forward. And already, my mind is blown by the additional information that has been brought to light. And personally, I. I'm convinced that Adnan is is uh, innocent and that he should be released. So, anyway, if you want to know maybe what in the, on earth would actually give me such uh, such a convincing thought, or what are, what evidence would be so convincing that they they brought out in in just the first few episodes of Undisclosed that would make me state that. Um, then I encourage you to check out the Undisclosed podcast. Like I said, by the way, episode number one. Uh, is all about Adnan's day. So the the three hosts of the show go through and talk step by step everything that is known and everything that is not known about Adnan's entire day, uh, the day that that um, that Hay was uh, murdered. And there is some very interesting information in there. Episode number two is all about Hay's day. Everything that they know about her day. Uh, and everything they don't know, and what inf- information is conflicting, and what doesn't actually add up, and what could not possibly have happened. And in between episodes, now they're releasing episodes every other week, and in between episodes, they're actually creating. Actually, technically speaking, I would say there is episode. There are four episodes. 
There's episode one, and then the second episode is technically episode number two, but it's it, they call them addendums, and so they're not they're not the same as the every week, other week episode where they're presenting you information in a in an outline format that makes a lot of sense. So it is actually a little bit more narrative than what they let on in that introduction there. But um, so basically every other week there's a full length episode and then in between the full length episodes they have these things called addendums which are uh, either short little updates to add on to what they had just previously shared the prior week or in addendum number two they're actually answering questions from people on Twitter. Uh, Very, very compelling story. Uh, I told you that's what really drew me in. This show is not as produced and polished as Serial, and yes, just like I had said, I am in love with the podcast, and you guys know me. I'm an audio snob, and you heard the audio quality I just played for you, and I love this podcast. If you enjoyed Serial much for the same reason that I did, that you were really turned on, turned on to it by the story, then I certainly encourage you to go to undisclosed-podcast.com, check it out. Make sure you search for it in your browser or in your podcast directory and uh, and subscribe. I think it's a great show for for serial fans who aren't necessarily serial fans, but fans of the story that serial told in season one. Yeah. All right. Next topic I want to talk about more mainstream media attention for podcasting. Now, here's one of the things that kind of is a drawback about me sharing or sometimes pre-recording episodes a couple weeks into the future. Some of this information that I'm going to bring to you is kind of old news for me and probably old news for a few of you, but I realize that some of you aren't out there uh, following the podcasting scene as much as I, I am. And so maybe this is all going to be brand new. To, some of this is going to be brand new to you. And, and I, I know it'll be brand new for, for many of you. So anyway, I want to share with you two audio clips of awesome mainstream media coverage. Now, I think everybody here would agree that Saturday Night Live, uh, this show that's been on the air since, what is it, the 60s? Um, anyway, this this show is certainly mainstream, and recently, and I would say recently, maybe a month and a half, two months ago, uh, they were doing, they had, what's the guy who plays, is it Chris Hemsworth? Um, hold on, let me look that up. Wow, I was right, Chris Hemsworth. Uh, he was a, he was the host of the show a couple, you know, several weeks ago, and they did a skit at the end or somewhere. Yeah, I think it was at the end of of the episode, and it, it was about the Avengers, and, and specifically it was Thor, and so what, kind of mimicking the end scene of of uh, how you know he's being interviewed about saving the world and all this other stuff. And there was something very interesting that Thor was promoting when he was, quote-unquote, being fake interviewed for this live newscast, um, you know, after, after this victory with, with Thor. So have a listen to this 30-second clip. This Again, this is coming from uh, Saturday Night Live broadcasts and, and seen by millions and millions of people. Thor, yeah. Hey, oh, still going. <laughs> Can I do a shout-out? Of course, you? yeah. I'm going to shout-out to my brother, Loki. I mean... I know we had our differences in the past, and you try to take over the world, but I love you, man! And, uh, uh, oh, my ex, my ex, Jane. Um, how do you like me now? Oh! <laughs> what else, what else? Check out my podcast on SoundCloud. It's sick. It's sick, sick. Oh, and I'm sorry we destroyed your city. I love my life! 
Did you catch it? Check out my podcast on SoundCloud. It's sick. Now, I don't know how in the world they got the SoundCloud in there, but uh, so be it. Um, I'm just glad that they, they, you know, they just had this fun and, and just dropped this little, for me, what's an Easter egg of podcasting into the, into the subconscious mind of, of all those viewers who are watching this. Check out my podcast. And uh, yeah, so there you go. So, so Thor obviously has a podcast in, in this make-believe world. Too cool. But that's not it. Now, now here's the deal. I, I Unfortunately, I believe that everyone who watches The Big Bang Theory and really gets The Big Bang Theory, they're all the kind of people who really understand uh, podcasting and the tech space anyway. But still, Big Bang Theory reaches a massive audience. It's one of the most successful television shows out there right now. I and my family absolutely love watching it. It is hilarious. Uh, if you don't watch The Big Bang Theory, you really should check it out. It is a brilliant and witty show and and absolutely hilarious, especially if you're a geek. But um, they, just recently they had, and by the way, Will Wheaton from Star Trek The Next Generation, he's been a regular guest star on the show, comes in at least a couple times a season it seems like, and and has a great ongoing story character arc on the show as himself, Will Wheaton. And I, I love it. And this, I, I think this was, oh gosh, this was several weeks ago again. But anyway, Will Wheaton was on and they recorded a pot. They had an entire episode where uh, Will Wheaton had brought all of his equipment to Penny's apartment. And Penny and Leonard and Will Wheaton were in there doing a podcast. Now, I'm going to play the audio for you, just a short little uh, clip here, uh, 44 seconds. But there, there is something that I have against what they actually communicated about a podcast here, but uh, let me go ahead and play this little clip for you. Thanks again for agreeing to do this. Oh, it's cool. I've never been on a podcast before. Well, you picked a good one to start. Will's had lots of great guests. Jonathan Frakes, Brent Spiner, Michael Dorn, Gates McFadden. Okay, so this is basically going to be just like a little talk show. Uh, we're going to take some calls. We'll talk about what it was like on the set of Serial Apist 2. It should be really fun. This is exciting. Yeah, so how many people listen? Most people download it later, but usually a few thousand people listen live. What? A few thousand people listen to you talk about nerd stuff? <laughs> Again, right in the ears, straight to the feelings. <laughs> All right, so if you didn't catch it, the one little thing that kind of, um, you know, I, I think could be confusing for some people is, you know, he's like a few thousand people listen live. I do like that they did sneak in the word that, you know, most people download it later. Uh, but, and, and by the way, uh, yes, a podcast can be, it is pre-recorded and it is delivered via RSS and, and that's how people get it. And yes, it is possible to live stream and even have thousands of people who are watching you while that happens. Leo Laporte does that every single week, and so do a lot of other people. And I had even done that for many years myself. So there's nothing in there that that is in is completely inaccurate. But I don't 
I, I hope that many people who aren't as familiar with podcasting don't come away with this idea that podcasting is live. Uh, in fact, if you watch the rest of the episode, uh, he is taking live callers in the show, which again is possible. Uh, even if you're pre-recording a podcast that's going to be delivered to the podcast audience later, um, it, it, is, it is possible to, to still stream the recording of that live and also to take live calls during that. Uh, there are services like TalkShoe and Blog Talk Radio that are designed for that purpose. And of course, uh, it, there are technical ways of making that happen, uh, a, a multitude of ways as well, uh, where you can and have that happen. But anyway, st- regardless, it was exciting to see both Thor get some coverage of his podcast on Saturday Night Live in a, in a satirical skit, and uh, also Will Wheaton. And, and you know, there is... This reminds me of sharing with you The Middle, which is a television show that had an entire episode where Brick Heck, I think is his name, had a podcast called The Fontcast. And it even had Jimmy, Fa- uh, Jimmy, not Jimmy Fallon, uh, Jimmy Kimmel was his, his one and only listener slash fan. And uh, that was a lot of fun. But uh, yeah, anyway, great stuff. I'm, gl- I'm, I'm just glad to see podcasting get so much mainstream media attention and if anybody out there is aware of a Barbie movie where Barbie has a podcast uh, and there's some way that you can help me find that let me know I think I heard somebody say that that has been done where Barbie does mention her podcast I can't remember if I just dreamed that or if somebody did tell me but if it hasn't happened my prediction is that eventually Barbie is going to have a movie uh, you know, one of those one of those straight to DVD movies that gr- little girls watch, uh, and and Barbie's going to have a podcast. I, in fact, my prediction is that we're going to start seeing movies where just regular characters in movies have podcasts. That's my prediction. In fact, uh, it, I would predict by the end of 2016, you are going to see uh, characters in in movies at least one or two. Where the 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 character in the show in the movie actually does they they are a podcaster that that they have a podcast and that their podcast will be referenced in some way shape or form it's already happening in TV shows and I predict that it it will start happening in the movies as well fun fun stuff all right um, podcast patent update and maybe a small victory. Anyway, this is all the way back to April 10th, so I'm about three and a half weeks behind on this one. But uh, for those of you who will recall, uh, for the last several years, uh, we've been following this podcasting patent trademark lawsuit that was happening between Personal Audio LLC, a.k.a. a patent troll, and who had sued Adam Carolla and... um, who else did they? they? They sued a like two other people as well. Anyway, or two other companies as well. And the the lawsuit had been dropped, and they decided to to no longer pursue podcasters at this time. But during that process, um, Adam Carolla decided to say, you know what, I don't want to drop it. And uh, then he later did settle with them, and we don't we didn't know the details immediately. I don't. I think those details were allowed to be shared after a certain period of time. I'm not sure if those have been, if that time frame has been released, or if, if you know how much inform, additional information could be revealed after a certain period of time about about that settlement. 
But anyway, uh, regardless of what Adam Carolla was doing, a lot of folks, including myself, had contributed to the EFF, which is the Electronic Frontier Foundation. And this is a nonprofit organization that uh, stands for, you know, um, I guess, internet rights and, and technology and, and all this other stuff. But they, they were actually going to aggressively attack the this this personal audio LLC's claim on the patent for podcasting by trying to get the patent invalidated. Well, I'm going to read to you from a statement on the EFS website. I'll put a link to this in the show notes over at podcastanswerman.com slash 403. Here's what it says from their website. The U.S. Patent and Trademark Office invalidated key claims in the so-called podcasting patent today after a petition petition for review from the Electronic Frontier Foundation, a decision that significantly curtails the ability of a patent troll to threaten podcasters big and small. We're grateful for all the support of our challenge for support of our challenge to this patent. Today is a big victory for the podcasting community, said EFF staff attorney Daniel Nazer. We're glad the patent office recognized what we all knew, that podcasting had been around for many years and that this company did not own it. The podcasting patent became big news in 2013 when a company called Personal Audio LLC began demanding licensing fee from podcasters including Adam Carolla and three major television networks. Personal Audio doesn't even do podcasting itself, but instead used its patent to claim infringement and collect payouts from actual creators. In petitions filed with the patent office, EFF showed that the per- that Personal Audio did not invent anything new before it filed the patent application, and in fact, other people were podcasting for years previously. Earlier examples of podcasting include the internet pioneer Carl Malamuds, Malamuds? Anyway, his Geek of the Week online radio show, and online broadcasts by CNN and Canadian Broadcasting Corporation. We have a lot to celebrate here, said EFF staff attorney Vera Ranieri. Anyway, but unfortunately, our work to protect podcasting is not done. Personal Audio continues to seek patents related to podcasting. We will continue to fight for podcasters, and we hope the patent office does not give them any more weapons to shake down small podcasters. EFF partnered with attorneys working pro bono and the Cyber Law Clinic at Harvard's Berkman Center for Internet and Society to craft the petition for review with the USPTO. So there you go. Small victory in the podcasting patent. Uh, key claims of the of the patent have been invalidated. Uh, not the entire patent, has, though, uh, from what I understand, is invalidated. Uh, and from what I hear, Pat, podca- Personal Audio LLC is continuing to try to even uh, win more pat, pod, patents related to the technology that supposedly is podcasting. And, um, you know, I said this from the very first time I reported on the podcasting lawsuits and this patent that they were awarded that I do not believe this is anything for any of us to worry about. With personal audio backing out or dropping their case against Adam Carolla and the other folks in the in this lawsuit that they had raised, and also now with this report from the EFF that the Patent and Trademark Office have invalidated key claims 
to this so-called podcasting patent. This is great news, and yes, it is cause for, uh, I, I believe, celebration in the podcasting community. So great, great news there. It looks like even further protection for us as podcasters from these patent trolls. I don't think this is the last we're going to hear of this story, uh, and as I learn more, I will try to do my best to keep you guys updated on that information. Now, the next story I want to talk about is another uh, milestone victory for my friend Ijama Elezu. Now, I have talked about Ijama before, and just a couple episodes ago, it seems like I told uh, all about how Ijama found her voice, where she had created two different podcasts. Neither podcast made it even past the third episode. And without, she did not give up. She decided to instead uh, continue to try, to try to find what her passion online was. She ended up purchasing, or not purchasing actually, but uh, just freely taking over a podcast that was offered to her, one of her favorite podcasts that had quote unquote, what we call pod faded. And, and she, she's been doing that show for a very long time. And then of course, I also shared how she was re- recently as far back as just a few months ago, featured as a as a uh, highlight in the spotlight as the number one resource for uh, growing your business as an Etsy business on the official Etsy blog. Well, just a couple of days ago, I got an email from my friend Ijama and she writes this. And by the way, I did get permission from Ijama to read and share all of this with you. Anyway, she says, hi Cliff, I hope this email finds you well. I recently got an email from the agency that represents Intuit and they said that Intuit wanted to sponsor or advertise on a crafting podcast and that they uh, picked mine. They might have picked others too, but I don't know. They want me to promote their QuickBooks for self-employed product. I didn't get excited about it initially and kept it under wraps just because I have had a couple of quote-unquote interested uh, parties but never fo- that never followed through. Well, I gave them my rates, thanks to guidance from you, and I checked my email and they said yeah, they said they want to start off with a one-month advertising campaign, a trial to start next month. They didn't even flinch at my rates and never once asked me how many downloads I have. You were absolutely right. They asked me to send over a contract slash paperwork for them to sign. Alas, I don't have any such document. Can you please direct me to a resource or somewhere I can get a template for a podcast advertising contract uh, that I can draw up for them? If you know, if you know of one, that if you know of one, that is. Thank you, Cliff. You really helped to make all of this happen. Now, again, Ajama is a is an alumni of podcasting A to Z, and of course, in that particular course, I do help and people understand you know, the potential with sponsorships and how you can negotiate a sponsorship deal and one where it's not based on uh, on just pure numbers and, and stuff like that. So she she followed through with all the stuff that I had shared in the course and, and she successfully did it. In fact, um, she had requested, you know, is there any way that you would share maybe a, an advertising or sponsorship f- uh, contract that you had with one of your sponsors? And so I did, I shared that with her. In fact, if you want, I'll put a link to that in the show notes. Again, podcastanswerman.com slash 403. I did blur out or, uh, you know, erase some of the more prominent information as far as dollar figures and stuff like that. But uh, I I am going to share with you guys the exact word for word uh, contract that I had with my sponsor. Anyway, 
Uh, let's see here. I asked her if I could share this email and uh, she asked me if I would wait until she contacted them and, and that also that they, you know, make sure that they signed the contract. She didn't want to do anything that might risk getting, you know, this thing to go through. So she sent me two different updates. The first update, she says, they signed. Oh my gosh, this is so real now. Uh, they're happy with the response. Let's see. If they're happy with this response, I'm hoping that they'll, or they're hoping to get new signups. They'll extend the contract for longer. I pray that my audience will will respond favorably and that this will become a long-term relationship with them. Thank you, Cliff. So first of all, let me just speak to you, Ijama, and also to everyone else about this particular update. And that is um, the idea of having a one-month sponsorship, or actually this is an advertising campaign. And I'll, I'll explain to you why while I was reading her original email, I actually changed the word sponsorship to advertising, uh, and, and you'll understand why in, in just a few moments. But anyway, when, when you're negotiating advertising or sponsorship with a potential sponsor, uh, by the way, in, in Ajama, don't feel like you've messed up anything. I, 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 I think this is going to be a great opportunity, and I also pray that your audience will be receptive to, to, this, ad, to this advertising and that, that they'll see the value in the product and, and, and that it'll go well for you. But here's the deal. Um, my recommendation is when you're negotiating these, and, and certainly for you, Ajama, in the future, my recommendation is to always get them to commit to a minimum, absolute minimum of three months. And I, I would really, I, I would recommend six months. I, I, would, I would do hardcore negotiation for six months minimum. And if they're really kind of, you know, questioning that, then I would actually go to, a, I, I would allow it to go back to a three. I would not, personally, I would not allow a 30-day or a one-month um, test with my audience. And the reason is, is that if your show is on a weekly basis, that means that, honestly, you're only going to get them four pieces of exposure to this message. And from what I've found myself to be true, and certainly I actually heard this from other uh, marketing people in the past, that it's, it takes very, it takes several touch points, sometimes between seven to ten touch points with somebody with a message before they take action. Um, so it could be, it might be the fifth or the sixth time that they hear it week after week after week where it finally clicks for them and it's like, yeah, I'm going to do that. And I certainly found that to be true with my with the response to my uh, ad, my sponsorship that I had with Mardell Christian Bookstore, my sponsorship with uh, Contemporary VA for my virtual assistant podcast, and and also for anything that I pr- promote of my own products and services. It's not it's usually not the first time people hear about it on the show, but it's it's the 3rd, 5th, 7th, 10th, 20th time that they hear something that they're really starting to pay attention and and also to know that, you know, hey, this this sponsor isn't just a fly by night that's here today gone tomorrow, but this is somebody who's made a commitment to to financially, you know, making my sh- favorite show possible that I listen to every week. So there's a little bit of that going on in there. Um, I I do hope. I mean, it seems to me like a you know a self-employed budgeting slash money management slash you know whatever Intuit self-employed is. Uh, QuickBooks self-employed. I'm a QuickBooks online user myself, and 
And I, I mean, gosh, QuickBooks Online would be a perfect sponsor for me because I use them, right? And and I love QuickBooks Online. But I, I think QuickBooks Self-Employed must be somewhat different because um, it, I think they would call themselves QuickBooks Online. Uh, but I'm a self-employed person, and uh, but I use QuickBooks Online. Anyway, so yeah, anyway, I, I don't know where I was going with that. But here's her update number two. She says, hi, Cliff, it is... Here it is. I I actually talked with my contact for Intuit to get the okay for you to share this information on your show. I just really want to be on the safe wanted to be on the safe side and not step on any toes and she said that they Intuit are fine with being mentioned on podcast answer man but with the following caveats. Number 1, QuickBooks self-employed should be referred to as advertiser or supporter instead of sponsor. So I let's just make it clear for the record here. Folks, uh, QuickBooks Self-Employed is not a sponsor of Ijama's podcast, uh, which, by the way, is the Convo Me podcast. Let's get that plug in there for her. It's it's a podcast devoted to uh, helping Etsy owners uh, take their Etsy business to the next level. Anyway, um, but anyway, it, QuickBooks Self-Employed is not a sponsor of her show. They are an advert- advertiser or a supporter of the show. Okay. Uh, numbered caveat number two, the name of the product needs to be accurate. QuickBooks self-employed. It is not Intuit self-employed. It's QuickBooks self-employed. And it's not QuickBooks in, online, I guess. So, by the way, I'm just adding that myself. So, the the product that is being advertised on Ujama's site is QuickBooks for self-employed. And she says, thank you for asking permission and caring enough to talk about me and my podcasting journey. Uh, oh, and if anyone in your audience wants to sign up for the service, my link, uh, using my link, I'd appreciate that. I don't have, let's see here, I don't have it active yet. Actually, I checked and she does have it active now. So it's at convome.com slash QuickBooks. All right, that's convo, C-O-N-V-O, me, L-E, dot com slash QuickBooks. And that will take you over to QuickBooks Self-Employed. In fact, let me click on that and see if it, and how it looks different than, um, you know what, it actually looks, it looks, well, it actually says quickbooks.intuit.com once it gets there, um, so the, the for, once the forwarding has taken place, so I, I can't tell if it's actually different than um, QuickBooks Online, um, it's, uh, yeah, so I don't know, but anyway, congratulations again, uh, I am so happy for you, Ijama, and folks, I just wanted to share that story with you guys so you could hear uh, what some other people are able to accomplish. Um, Ijama did not, negotiate, did not negotiate her advertising slash supporting contract with uh, Intuit based upon numbers, but instead um, was able to negotiate a fee per flat, episode, or flat fee per episode. And uh, they are hoping for some return. My recommendation for anybody out there, obviously, like I said, try to get them to commit to six months minimum. If you can't get that, then certainly I would recommend a, you know, being just being a stone wall on three months minimum. Uh, the other thing that I would recommend in the future for these things is not just having an affiliate link so that they can track where it's coming in, but if you can, and this is not always possible, but if you can try to arrange for some kind of discount that would be offered to your audience uh, when they use a specific promo code or discount code that they can type into a little box on a shopping cart. Now, again, not every affiliate's going to 
have the ability to to track that or have a desire to give an additional discount uh, on top of that. But anyway, if you can pull those kind of things off, these are like things that would just add um, to their ability to track what's going on. Uh, certainly, you know, people could just go, you know, potentially just go straight to the service. And for them, it might be the same exact cost um, if it, you know, if they type it in or use your link. And uh, so, if, you know, the thing is, is your hardcore audience, your hardcore audience that knows that you're going to benefit financially uh, by them using your link, those folks are going to go through the trouble of, of signing up through you and your link. Uh, but, you know, if, if giving them a discount incentivizes them to not just go without, you know, them being tracked. Does that make sense? Yeah. So anyway, congratulations again. Very exciting uh, stuff and very happy for you. All right. My last big topic of the day, and it's it's a little bit of my personal story here. Uh, back in episode 389, this was back in January of this year, um, I did an episode that was titled When Social Media Strategies Clash, and that's really not the, the reference here, but this second part of the title is And Thoughts on When Someone Tells You That You Don't Have Credibility. And I had shared with you uh, that um, I in that episode that there's somebody that basically said, I listened to your Pursuing a Balanced Life podcast and you had mentioned something about how, you know, today people know you as Podcast Answer Man. Wouldn't it be funny if down the road people knew me at just as many or if maybe not more people knew me as the Fitness Answer Man? And so I had a comment from somebody on my podcast uh, website. Somebody put a comment on the blog and said something like to the effect of, I've been following your day one journaling. One thing is clear, you're not a health and fitness expert, not even close, and you're pawning yourself as legit in the health and fitness area, in health and fitness when you are not, all right? And so I devoted a lot of episode 389 to talking about, you know, my feelings on when somebody tells me that I'm not credible and how I'm not going to stand for that. You know, I, I you know, if, if I feel like I want to be a credible source in something, how I actually feel like I can become a credible source in that area if I choose to be a credible source. And by the way, I made the decision back then that I would be a credible voice that people would look up to in the area of health and fitness. And when I said that was, you know, would you actually look at a picture of me or actually see my full body face to face and say, yeah, I'm going to look at him for health and fitness? No, back then, Probably not, not just by judging me as a book, uh, you know, just look, ju- judging, judging me as a book by the cover, by my cover, which was my physical appearance during that day, during that time. But when I had said that, I was already two months into a journey that w- uh, of, of a transfer- transformation that I had made in my life that has continued on since. Uh, but anyway, so I, I I said, you know what? No, I, I yes, I am credible. And if I want to be the fitness answer man, I can be the fitness answer man. But, you know, in, in reality, I wasn't setting myself, I wasn't trying to say I'm setting myself up to be an expert that I want to be a health and fitness expert. I was just saying, wouldn't it be cool? Wouldn't it be funny? Wouldn't it be just wild and crazy and out there if somebody, if there were just as many or more people who knew 
and uh, who knew me as the fitness answer man, then podcast answer man. And I just threw that out there casually. And then all of a sudden I got this person that says this, right? Well, I want to tell you some exciting things. Well, first of all, I, I want to tell you that I went ahead and did something and I probably won't do anything with it. But I made the decision. I went ahead and purchased a new domain, fitnessanswerman.com. All right. And if you haven't done so, or if you if you haven't uh, if you're in front of a browser, how about this? Go over to fitnessanswerman.com. I'm trying to type it in here right now. So there you go. I just wanted to make sure that it's working. Fitnessanswerman.com. And basically, it's just going to point you over to my pursuing a balanced life podcast. Now. This podcast has 607 episodes in it, and I will tell you, I am becoming uh, very much, uh, I'm becoming fairly knowledgeable about fitness and health. Um, certainly, I, I'm, I'm, it's, it's, a, it's a slow process of taking on information. There's tons of information out there, but I, obviously, I'm experiencing change within my own body and my own experiences, and, and that is... And I'm seeing some significant results as well. Uh, and and you know what? I love sharing my journey with folks. And that's what I do with my Pursuing a Balanced Life podcast. So right now, fitnessanswerman.com just takes you over to that particular podcast. If you haven't checked it out, uh, I encourage you to check out Pursuing a Balanced Life. It, it's it's my favorite show that I do. And it, it, I actually do, enjoy doing Pursuing a Balanced Life even more than this show. So check it out. Pursuingabalancedlife.com or fitnessanswerman.com. But you know what prompted it? It was actually uh, an email that I got from Sam Sam Crump. And it, it this email from Sam is an email is is the same type of email that I've been getting from literally hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people. And this is not an exaggeration. Literally hundreds of people are writing me emails just like this. But it was Sam's email that actually as soon as I read it, I'm like Okay, I'm going to go get fitnessanswerman.com. All right, so here it is. It says, good morning, Cliff. I hope that Vegas is going well. I just wanted to say that you can add another name to the list of people you have inspired to get back into fitness. I've been following all of your podcast episodes on Podcast Answer Man and Pursuing a Balanced Life since last fall. Then I took the January Podcasting A to Z course and launched bullhornleadership.com. I've been inspired by your fitness journey and I knew that I needed to get back into it myself. I'm 50 years old and 215 pounds. Five years ago, I did a three-month boot camp program and lost 30 pounds and felt great. But I gained it all back, of course. It wasn't until yesterday when I saw the company photo taken of me at my new job that I was horrified. I listened to your interview with Ray Edwards going over your journey once again. So this morning, I hit the gym at 4.45 a.m. and it felt great. I can't wait to go back tomorrow, and my wife is going with me. God bless, Sam. You know, this, like I said, this is very similar to a lot of emails that I'm getting on a consistent basis. And in fact, if you're not following me on Facebook, uh, I encourage you to go to facebook.com slash cliffravenscraft. And, um, you know, I, I think I have room for 397 more friends uh, before I reach that 5,000 friend limit on on Facebook, but you, even at, beyond that, you can click the follow button and it shares all the things that I share. But every single day, uh, at least six days a week, minimum of six days a week, every week, uh, since November 14th, I post at least one selfie after my workout. Or Well, okay, a sel- I, I post a selfie after every workout and I do at least one per day. Sometimes I do more. 
And uh, I, I basically, I put these on here and, you know, there's probably about some, on average, somewhere between 30, 60, 350 people who click on like, lots of comments from time to time uh, of people telling me how my journey and sharing my consistency and devotion to health and fitness and changing my lifestyle and and the physical transformation that is apparent on the outside, which also indicates all the amazing stuff that's happening on the inside. Just story after story of people who are being inspired by it. And, you know, I it, it makes me feel great. And, and by my sharing that with other people and sharing my success with them, um, no, hearing how my sharing all of that is inspiring them continues to motivate me. So it becomes the cycle of motivation. So my doing my stuff motivates and inspires them when they share with me how what I've done has motivated and inspired them. Their sharing that continues to motivate and inspire me to continue on doing more. And it's having ripple effects. And I love hearing stories of how I'm starting to do this and now my wife is starting to do this and now our kids are starting to get involved and our lives are radically being changed and transformed. And my friends, that is why I do what I do. I don't do all of this stuff to make money. Yes, I love to make money. I Trust me, I, 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 that is a very important, key, critical part of my business. But it's not why I created this business. I created this business because I had a desire to take my experiences in life to help encourage and inspire other people, educating them with the information from my experience or the thing, the education that I've gotten from other sources and taking all of that stuff, processing it and sharing it in a way that will inspire and encourage others to make their lives better. That's why I do what I do. And yeah, so fitnessanswerman.com. I don't know where that's gonna go, have no idea. Uh, but but I, I figured I better pick up the domain before somebody else snatches it. So so there you go. So not only am I the podcast answer man, but um, at some point in the future, I believe a lot of people will consider me to be a fitness answer man as well. And in fact, many people already are. Pretty wild stuff. Well, I think I'm going to wrap it up with that. And uh, before I go, I just want to say I encourage you to launch your podcast. What are you sitting around waiting for? Why are you listening to me every single week? I know that I don't always talk about podcasting and there's some of you who have no intention of creating podcasts and that's perfectly fine. I just want to say if you have no desire to create a podcast, I, I don't feel bad at all about that. And if you want to continue to listen to me every single week and never have a desire to do a podcast, I'm honored to have you here. But here's the situation. There are several of you out there who do want to launch a podcast. You've been thinking about launching a podcast for months. And some of you, yes, matter of fact, I know some of you by name, have told me that you wanted to create a podcast and you've been wanting to do it for years and you're still sitting on the fence. You're still putting it off. You're still making excuse after excuse for it not happening. I don't have the right equipment. I haven't found the right topic. I don't think I have the time. I don't blah, 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 blah. Well, let me tell you something. It is time to get off the fence. I, you, every single week, podcasting is is getting more and more popular out there in the mainstream, the main culture, 
even if you were to start today in a couple years from now, I promise you, you would be considered a pioneer in the space. Even though we're 10 years into podcasting, if you started today in a few years from now, you would be considered among the ranks of the pioneers in this space. And so now is a perfect time to launch your podcast. And don't worry about what equipment you need. In fact, um, I would encourage you to head over to first learnhowtopodcast.com. It's absolutely free. And if you're an extremely technical person, you would never need to hire me. Uh, You would never need to buy any products or services from me. Uh, It's absolutely free. And still to this day, I'm not yet asking for people to give me their email address in exchange for that free tutorial. So go over to learnhowtopodcast.com. Eventually, I might actually... Uh, make the first few videos for free. And then if you want to see the second half of the videos, I might ask for an email address just so that I can stay in touch with those people and have them on my mailing list. I don't think that's too much to ask, right? But anyway, that that's just the thought that I've been having as of late. But here's the deal. If you're an extremely technical person and you watch learnhowtopodcast.com and you launch your podcast and you never have to pay me anything, I really want you to know that that's what that sh- that's what that tutorial was designed for, and and I'm happy with that. And thousands of people have done just that. Now, here's the deal, though. Some of you probably want a little bit of handholding through the process. Some of you are are holding back because you can't figure out what topic you you can't figure out what equipment you don't know what to do, and you're not technical like somebody who could just watch the tutorial and get it all up and running in an afternoon. And if that's you. I want to encourage you to check out podcastinga2z.com. Not only will I give you all the tutorials that I've ever produced to help you walk through step-by-step exactly how to do everything, and I basically cover you know your branding of your show, picking the right topic, uh, getting the right equipment specific for your needs, uh, how to record your content, how to edit your content. I mean, everything 100% step-by-step instructions is there. I give you an outline of exactly what tutorials to go through each week, and and I make I put it in bite-sized chunks so that you're not overburdened with too much in any one week, and I make myself available to you as your personal coach for four weeks through the online discussion forum where you can ask me questions 24 hours a day, seven days a week, and Monday through Friday, I am there answering every single question you could possibly ask. And I'm even there for more than just technical coaching. If you are, if your podcast is in support of your business pursuits or other pursuits, then you can ask me for, you know, life coaching kind of advice and how to, you know, mindset advice and pricing advice and stuff like that. I simply ask that making sure that, you know, before you go off topic of podcasting too much, that you're keeping up with your homework and and you're going through the process. But, you know, here's the deal. Literally, my A to Z students will tell you, all of my alumni will tell you that I literally am your personal coach for four weeks during this course. And if you haven't done so, go over to podcastinga2z.com and scroll all the way down to the bottom and just read the testimonials. And then you'll get an idea of just how valuable this course is. So it's not just a bunch of tutorials and you're on your own self-paced. I'm literally there walking with you through the entire four-week process. Podcasting A to Z, the next session starts on Monday, May 25th. It goes all the way through the first three weeks of uh, June as well. 
And it doesn't matter if you have a day job, what time zone you live in, it's all time shifted so that you can do the homework at any hour, any day. And, um, and, and that's worked for over 440 students who have successfully gone through this course. And by the way, not a single refund ever requested. 100% satisfaction from all 440 plus students who have ever gone through the course. Not a whole lot of online courses could tell you that, and I still can. So I'm so excited. I would love the opportunity to work with you. Again, my next session starts Monday, May 25th, 2015. I'd love the opportunity to work with you for a total of four weeks. And if you are interested, head over to podcastinga-z.com. And with that, my friends, until next time, I encourage you to take everything you do to the next level. Podcast! It's a man.